Random Inks Productions presents the Credible Nerds Podcast with your hosts, Justin and Mark. What's up, my nerds? We gotta get an intro video or something. That'd be cool. It's coming, guys. Don't worry. <laughs> it's, in, it's in process. So, we are Justin and Mark, the Credible Nerds, and we're here to talk more about the Rings of Power and the latest episodes. Uh, the last episode we talked about episodes one through four. Here we'll pick up uh, episodes five, six, and seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, episode seven just released um, a couple days. Yes, no, two days ago. Yep, two days ago. And so we'll cover up to that point, and then we'll have a episode eight be its own uh, podcast episode. Because it's the finale, and hopefully there's a lot of good stuff that we I can talk about. So welcome again. Uh, like I said, my name is Justin, and I have my fellow nerd with me, my fellow Maier with me. <laughs> yes. Hey guys, how's it going? And uh, Mark, welcome. <laughs> <laughs> good to be here. It's been a couple of weeks, so yeah. it's nice to come up here again and do it face to face. Yeah. Uh, so we were talking before, and there's a lot of stuff. Not a lot happened, but a lot happened. Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot of names, a lot of places, a lot of situations. Um, actually, some very big events happened. Yeah, I mean, I think we saw slow episodes, right. and I've read this everywhere. It's slow, it's slow, it's slow. But what we saw has a huge implications, right? Like mm-hmm. that, just some of the things happening are are widespread, and depending on what they do with this could change the canon of some things. Yeah. Right. And which is fine because a lot of, a lot of the material that we're reading about, especially for example, Mithril, it, we don't really know a lot about its origins Mm -hmm. at all. There it's, it was never really talked about. We know a couple tidbits here and there, but Tolkien never really released anything and it's, Mm -hmm. you know, never been confirmed. So will this now become canon? We don't know. Uh, but if so, that's cool, right? Because it's just more history that no one ever knew about and we're fleshing yeah. it out. So, Yeah, that is definitely one of the good things about shows like this that expand on stuff that wasn't really explored in the books previously. And um, the Lord of the Rings movies did that a little bit with like uh, Saruman, right? In the books, mm-hmm. it was pretty linear, just followed uh, Frodo and his group and Gandalf a little bit. And Saruman was doing all these things behind the scene off camera but in the in the movies, we saw that we got to see what Saruman's plan were plans were. He created the Urukai. Uh, him and Gandalf had their showdown. Just things like that, you know, that expand on stuff that's in the books, but not really explained. Yeah, right. Like, uh, I mean, we knew he captured Gandalf, mm-hmm. right? But we didn't really get to see anything. It was just cool to see it, you know. Yeah. Cause, yeah. Um, but there you go. Yeah. <laughs> so one thing I was, I didn't, I kind of knew a little bit about, and I could heard. But I read something earlier this week that um, the show doesn't really have rights to everything. Right? In the beginning of the show or somewhere in the show, it says that it's based off of the appendic- appendices of The Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. That's where they're getting all their information from. There's nothing oh. from The Silmarillion or any of the other books because they don't have the rights to it. 
Interesting. <laughs> which, is, which is, yeah, that's interesting, which makes sense, right? The mm-hmm. movies didn't either. We talked about that, right? Mm-hmm. They didn't have, um, when, you know, Gandalf was talking, he's like, oh, the two blueses? And he's like, I don't remember their names. And it's yeah. because they didn't have the rights, so they couldn't yeah. really say anything. Um, so it's interesting to know that, which, it you know, from my point of view and my, you know, what I think is why they're calling this guy the stranger. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's, that's would be why, in my opinion, but who knows? Mm, yeah. Which I think is silly. I don't know whose fault it is. If it's the Tolkien estate, they're just being stubborn with their stuff, like their properties, or if it's Amazon not wanting to pay the money, maybe that's, maybe it's both, but I don't know. I think if it's hard to tell out a, tell a complete story, if you don't have all the material. I think that's why we're seeing a lot of complaints online about, oh, it's not like this in the books or this or that, you know, because, well, they can't address that part maybe because they don't have the rights to even do that, which hurts the overall story. So I don't know whose fault that is, but I wish that would get fixed Mm -hmm. for future seasons. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder wonder what the reasoning is. Yeah. Like, why why not just do it all? And maybe it is because they're so... There's some different information in some of the writings, mm-hmm. uh, you know, A, B, and C happened, and then in other writings that kind of changed. Mm-hmm. And so that could be the reason is because, you know, they were written a little different, so they don't want any confusion. Um, who knows uh, what it is, but, um, and it kind of goes back to what I'm saying, you know, I hope that if they do certain things here, that they can make it canon and move forward. Because it would suck if they have this cool, you know, nice seasons of Rings of Power. They bring all this cool stuff in that they can, and then someone says at some point, ah, it's not canon, it's just a story that they told. Yeah. Now we're going to do the Cimmerillion movie, and it's going to contradict everything from <laughs> other shows. <laughs> right. But it's canon. Yeah. You know They're what I mean? They're both canon. <laughs> like, uh. So, yeah, I, who, who knows? Um it's tough with large universes like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, it really is. I mean, not everyone knows a Brandon Sanderson when they where they've just fleshed it all out so well, yeah. right? And you know, every story on the side is canon because it all fits nicely in a box. Mm-hmm. I mean, and this was written a long time ago, yeah. so uh, hard hard to do that. But um, yeah, I think they're doing a good job. Yeah, there's discrepancies and stuff like that, but I think they're doing well with what they they have. Oh yeah. So. Episode five, um, we we start with the Numenorians. There, we last the the previous episode ended with the leaves falling off the tree, and mm-hmm. the queen changes or queen regent changes her mind. Oh, I guess that's a sign. We got to go attack. We got to go to the Southland to defend whoever, right? So they change their mind, and then the next episode they're getting ready, and there's some problems with someone trying to sabotage the mission because I guess the the second-in-command guy, what's his name? Fairzone. Fairzone. He doesn't want to go, but the will of the people is that they should go, so he's kind of he's kind of boxed in. So he tries to do stuff on the side to sabotage. He sends his son to burn the boats. and um, Coincidentally, uh, <laughs> Arendelle's son, or not Arendelle, Elendil's son yep. is Sealed on her. the boat and catches him and prevents him from blowing up too many boats. I guess there's some left, so... That starts, their mission starts off kind of rough, but then they are able to still gather themselves and head out to the Southlands and they find their way. They chart their course and end up going out to the Southlands eventually that we, you know, the journey takes an episode or two, but they get there. Mm -hmm. Um, And in the meantime, 
Galadriel's there, convinces uh, Halbron to to go with them as well, and um, they prepare and, and head out as with them. Here we see Isildur. He was banished from joining the army, but in the previous episode, but in this episode, he's allowed to join as the horse handler. Like, <laughs> like assistant horse handler, yeah. you know, whatever Stable it is. boy, yeah. Yep. So he's like low on the totem pole, but he, he gets to go. Mm-hmm. So that's that was good. You know he's going to go. <laughs> At least that's the story that was there in the book. So Yeah. Yeah, Lindell, he, he's a tough dad, right? Yeah. I, I kind of wonder what the age of everyone is, right? Mm-hmm. They don't really talk about that. We know that the Numenorians live quite long. Yeah, they're longer. Two, three hundred years, whatever it is. Um, how old is a Lindell? Is he just he looks a, 50 normal age, so maybe 100? Yeah, maybe, right? So, what does that put a sealder at? 50? Yeah. 60? Yeah. Right? Is it like, I, I guess, where does that does that translate well? Or do they age to a specific point and then just stay there for a few hundred, a hundred years, you know, and yeah. then they get old, right? Yeah. I don't really know how they age, but I kind of want to know what the age is because, I mean, basically, what I'm getting out of is. Isildur and all his friends going across the sea are like 16, 17, 18, yeah. 19 years old, right? You know, yeah. I mean, they're war age, you know, they're becoming men, um, like newly made men almost is what I think. Mm-hmm. So where does that sit? Um, but it's cool to see him get get there. It's cool to see Isildur kind of, uh, you know, do something because I've been unimpressed with what he's doing so far. He's kind of a wimp. Yeah, you look at his dad, right? Yeah. And, um, and so kind of interesting. I think it's... Um, I do like how they've made him a little, uh, he is wherever the wind's blowing, you know, like, like you see him, no, Isildur, like, cause you see him, he wanted to do this and then he changed, he wanted to do this and he, you know, oh no, I want to go to the West. Right. I want to go to the East. You know, he keeps changing his mind, you mm-hmm. know, his, the wind blows. And that's interesting to take in. Cause I almost think that that subtle foreshadowing for later, right? Mm-hmm. We know he keeps the ring. He literally goes to war against Sauron, chops his fingers off, watches his dad die, watches elves die, his friends, you know, get killed. And then he's like, I'm going to keep the ring. Yeah. You know, I, I've seen what it, I'm going to keep the ring. Yeah. Right. So, um, uh, but we kind of see the foreshadowing of his heart not being like, I don't, pure is not the right word, but it, it's just not solid, right? Mm-hmm. Like he, he doesn't know exactly what he wants yeah you know and so he's easily like he's easily what is what is that swayed yeah he's easily swayed you know and so you can imagine how someone like that kind of flitters from here to there Mm -hmm. would you know would watch his father die fighting for something and then and then keep it yeah it's a good point i had i had noticed it but i hadn't made the connection until you just said it It was like yeah he's and that's what happens later in the movies in the story Mm -hmm. so yeah i think it is some foreshadowing so it is cool to see his growth. Uh, I don't know. Is he a hero? Or is he just in the right place at the right time? I mean, he's, he has the right dad, so he's a leader. He has those opportunities. Or I mean, I always pictured him as a hero that turned, that made a bad decision. But yeah. with this, I don't, maybe it's growth, character growth. We'll see it later. I don't know. But for now, I don't think he's a hero. Yeah, no. I, I, I think he's the son of a hero. Mm-hmm. that makes him a hero, right? Like, if my dad's going to war and he's in charge and I'm right by his side, I'm a hero by <laughs> by yeah. association. That doesn't yeah. mean I'm heroic. Right. And so I, that's what I've thought. Because obviously, I mean, even Arag- uh, Aragorn says, you know, like, I carry the same blood as him. I'm worried I'm going to do that. Mm, yeah. And, uh, you know, Ar- Arwen says, no, you're different, you know, because you know, like, and 
And so that's kind of interesting. And I always, you know, thought like it was interesting, Galadriel. And obviously they've changed the story to make it. But if Galadriel knew Isildur, mm-hmm. where was she? You know? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, obviously. That's a good point. Because Rings of Power, I, so far at least, and I'm assuming it'll be the rest of the time, is Galadriel's heroic journey. or It's about her, basically. She's the main character of this story, right? Mm-hmm. This show. Uh but she's not around, like you said, in the that battle in the, is it the end of the Second Age? Yeah, I mean, the end of the Second Age into the Third Age, yeah. right? She's not around, like you said. She's hiding in her forest with her husband, Celeborn. Yeah. <laughs> what, uh, we'll and, get to and, that. <laughs> and we'll, we'll get into that. That's episode seven. We'll get to there. Um, yeah, definitely, yeah. you know, wh- where is she? You, it almost seemed like it was Elrond mm-hmm. there. With Gil-Galad, Yeah, right? he was there. Uh, we don't see Gil-Galad in the movies. He was there in the books. Mm-hmm. Um, he's killed by Sauron as well. Uh, but, you know, it almost seemed like it was Elrond's army, really. Yeah. And, you know, I know he led one of the armies. Gil-Galad led the other army. Where is she? Yeah. You Hopefully know. they explain it. Maybe she's tired. <laughs> like, I had enough of this conflict. Or hopefully they give us a reason. Mm-hmm. That, that makes sense. I'm sure they will. If they're already foreshadowing Isildur's fall... I mean, why not do that oh, yeah. later on? So anyway, good stuff. So we also touch bases with the Harfoots at some point. Uh, they're making their journey. Uh, and there's wolves tracking them. Yeah. Or at least in the in the area. And they get mixed up with that. And the stranger helps them defeat the wolves and um, protects them. They're, they were on the verge of kicking them out because he's, you know, this, this new guy. And he's a one of the big folk and they don't trust those guys. So they were on the verge of kicking him out, but he helped him uh, defeat the wolves. And then there was a thing with, he did he hurt? Yeah. He hurt his arm when he defeated the wolves. And so he did like this ice treatment with his arm with magic. And then uh, Nori touched him and then her arm turned to ice as well. And then it's something happened. There's a, a blast that pushed them apart and then she was fine, but she was scared of him. So I don't know, we get some more info about the stranger. He can use fire, he can use ice. We see some more of his, his magic, but we still don't know who he is. No, still don't know who he is. I, there's no confirmation. I'm sure it's coming. I am still under the impression he's one of the blue wizards. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does bring a question to me. What is the function of the staves and why doesn't he have one? Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Right? I mean, we see, um, and I've... I've seen some discussion about this online. What people have said is the Istarian, the Third Age, needed the staves because they were basically dumbed down to help the people. And a staff was a way to let them use the power, but in a very, very controlled way, Mm. right? Okay. So they can't just do whatever they want. So it was a limiting of their power? Yeah, it was a limiting of the power. Here's a staff to help you use that power in small amounts, Mm. um, if needed. Whereas... From everything I've read, the blues in the Second Age didn't have that kind of limitation on them, so he may not need one. Mm-hmm. All right, um, we don't know. So, but uh, you know, that kind of weirds me out. Where the staves? We'll get into more about those three other people, but <laughs> yeah. they all have staves, right? You see yeah. them walking with staves. So, yeah. um, I, the white, I just right robed women. Yeah, 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 and so. I, I don't know, kind of interesting, yeah, he does that cool hand slam or something like that, scares him off, like hurts the 
um, the main wolf, you know, the alpha male, and then, mm-hmm. you know, he broke his arm or something. And, yeah. I, and I'm wondering, like, what that is. It almost seems like he has to give something up mm. to use his magic. Yeah. Um, like, when he, whatever he did that one time, the dad's foot, foot broke. broke. Yeah. Right? When he looked at the stars, made the stars, all those flies yeah. died. Yeah. Right? And I don't know what that means. You know, like, I that's kind of weird, you know, I'm, th- that happens. It's like a cause and effect type thing. Yeah. Got to give up something. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of strange because yeah, it's never, on that. yeah, it's never been that way. There's nothing that's ever been that way in the Tolkien universe mm, ever. True. Um, but if he's, if he's not Sauron, if he's not a blue wizard and he's not anything there, I, I think he should be Tom Bombadil. <laughs> yeah. bring back Tom where's Tom come well, on. I, I keep hoping for some weird you know yeah. like who, who is that guy some guy just walking with a hat saying see ya and then yeah. just walking through some like battlefield no one touches him yeah. and, and then just move on with life and no one ever thinks about it but then everyone's like that was Tom Bombadil yeah. that's a good yeah, I hadn't even thought of Tom because <laughs> he's around right yeah. I was, re- I was yeah. actually reading into him um Kind of his history because I was thinking about him. Like, oh, I wonder what he was doing around this time. Doesn't he have a brother? I don't remember. Or something like that? No, he's got like a a wife, Goldberry or something like that. And yeah. uh, I I don't remember her name, but um, he is. I don't think it's ever confirmed who or what he is. Um, but uh, he he's around during this in t- oh, yeah. all these events. Yeah. He's around and he just is like lives his life. He's like, oh, whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wonder if he's outside of creation or did uh the the main god create him as well as the elves and i mean humans i mean he's powerful enough i mean we know the my my are my are corrupted by the rings right by the the one ring mm-hmm. um he puts it on yeah nothing happens nothing happens he doesn't even turn invisible and yeah. then frodo puts it on and he's like can see him right? he doesn't he doesn't even phase him a little bit mm-hmm. and so <laughs> kind of strange um just we don't know what he is but yeah. it would just be cool to do yeah. like some weird cameo and i know that like that's not the prime thing if it was a marvel movie we'd, yeah. we'd see him <laughs> yeah. 55 times we'd have you know? a, a end credit scene <laughs> right? but uh i just think it'd be fun to throw throw something like yeah, that about. that'd be a cool easter egg for sure mm-hmm. all right side side note uh amazon prime give us tom bombadil in season two do it. Just, that, a glance. just be amazing. You know, like I said, just some random guy walking. Well, he lives by the hobbits, right? In that part of the world. So maybe with the Harfoots, they connect and he helps them. He does in the in the third age. But in mm. the second age, he was elsewhere. They mm. said he was more to the east. Okay. So maybe we do see him at some point. Who knows? Yeah, that'd be cool. So, um, yeah, the stranger, we still don't know who he is. I, I don't think he's Sauron. I mean, unless he changes his personality like he remembers who he is type thing and all of a sudden he turns evil because he seems pretty neutral even helpful at times so Mm -hmm. i I don't see that as him being sauron but uh i agree at this point from what we know he's either a new character created for the show or a blue wizard yeah so they end up keep their story is pretty slim pickings in these chapters Maybe I think there was one episode they didn't even show up where they didn't even address the Harfoots. No, I think it was like episode three or something like that. Yeah, so they're just kind of in the background, a tertiary group. That's obviously they're going to have a role to play in the future, but right now they're just hey, these are these guys. This is who they are. You know, kind of get introducing us to them and what they're all about. 
but they they're making their journey. They finally make it to the grove, and the grove has been destroyed by something we'll talk about in a minute. Um, and so the stranger helps renew those trees, and but nothing happens immediately. So, and one of the branches falls off and almost kills one of the little kids. And so they like, oh, you got to leave. Enough of you. So they banish him, send him on his way. And then the next morning they wake up and there's all this fruit. Just tons of, all the trees have come back to life. And all the bushes and there's bounteous fruit so they can continue their journey. Um, then the, the, the women, the three women with the white robe show up the next day. Because they're tracking the stranger. And they figure out where he's going. But Nori tries to, you know, divert their their route doesn't work and they set fire to all the the their wagons and all their food that they just got so what do you think about these three women I, we've looked at a little i don't know anything about them so i looked up online about them found out there's not much information at the end of the day yeah they're, they're keeping that under wraps yeah. i mean uh i think i was reading the director uh basically said they they come from like Rurar, Rune. Rune or something, which is far to the east. Yeah, very east. Right. So, and we know that the Easterlings and all that, they were they were typically supporters of Sauron. Right. So, a couple weird things here for me. One, I'm 100% convinced they're not human. Mm-hmm. Right? They are not normal humans. They Maybe they reside in the east. They are not humans born and bred like everyone else, right? We have never seen a human mage or anything else like that. I know in the movies, Saruman mentioned, you know, when they were talking about the stranger in The Hobbit, you know, they were talking about um, <clears throat> the necromancer, and he's like, mm-hmm. it's some human mage dabbling in black magic. So maybe there is our mages in the Tolkien universe, but you never see one, you never actually read about one in the books, right? Nothing. Mm-hmm. They, don't, they just don't exist. Um, so... I don't think it's human. What I think, and this is the biggest Hail Mary in the world, but let me tell you, my Hail Marys are usually right. I'm just, you know. You got a pretty good track record. <laughs> but I think, so we know that Balrogs are Maier. Mm-hmm. We know that Maier can take on multiple forms of old men or people, mm-hmm. whatever it is. Sar- you know, Sauron does it. You know, Gandalf the Grey, Gandalf the White, the Blues, whatever it is. Um Sauron does it multiple times. Could these be um, Balrogs that have taken on these forms Hmm. to come out east? Who knows, right? But I think because they set that stuff on fire pretty well, and we know fire is a ball, you know, definitely down the lane of Balrogs. I know that's this Hail Mary, but I cannot, for the life of me, I've looked through the Semerillion, I've looked through you know, children of here, and I've looked through all that stuff, and I find nothing that could even comprehend what these things are, yeah. what these people are. And so that's the only thing I can think of is that they're, they're that, because, I mean, Sauron wasn't out training. Like, let me take a century off to train these mages who never show up ever again yeah. to help me out in the Second Age. Or, you know, or they could be there to help him transform into, the, into another body. I, I don't know, yeah. but... I think they're I think they're Balrogs in disguise. That's uh, interesting. So they are known as the ascetic, the nomad, and the dweller. And they're mystics, whatever that means. Yeah, <laughs> that's all. Pretty much the information we have about them. <laughs> so uh, take that for what it is. Uh, interesting theory that they're Balrogs. We'll see how it plays out. We do start to see the Balrogs in these chapters. 
these later chapters. Um, so let's let's talk about one incident there where another side story here is Elrond and Durin the fourth trying to uh, Elrond's trying to convince the dwarves to give them the mithril so they can uh, use it to help sustain their life. Yeah, crazy storyline, right? Mm-hmm. I think this blew everyone out of the water. Yeah. It deviates from anything everyone knew, but in a way it makes sense why we don't really see a lot of mithril. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so, because... Why it's so rare. Yeah, right? It's so rare. We don't really see... I, I think we know of a couple mithril items, right? Frodo's chainmail shirt. Mm-hmm. We know that Quenya, I think, the ring that Galadriel wears is made of mithril. So people have assumed that the other ones, but we only know for sure hers. And Aragorn's um, crown mm-hmm. is made of mithril. And then I think like there's a couple other things like they said, you know, when when they speak friend and enter and it, and it glows, that's mithril. Mm-hmm. You know, like glow, like the stuff is mithril there. We don't really see a lot of mithril. And there's huge veins, right? Like if you read the history, it actually like goes down into the mountain all the way under into Numenor. Wow. Right? And so the Numenorians had access to Mithril until the stuff, stuff happened. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and so um, th- there's quite a bit of Mithril to mine, but where is it all? Mm-hmm. And um, so what the storyline did is say, this is what happened. Well, that's why there's not that much. And it's used to sustain the elves. Because their light is fading. Mm-hmm. What? It, why it's fading? Who knows? It's, is it because they're in Middle Earth and not, you know, in Valinor? Who, maybe. Yeah. Right? Doesn't explain it much, but it had a cool tail. Basically, a Balrog and a really, really righteous <laughs> elf were fighting, and yeah. they poured their hate and. So the yeah, they were fighting over a Cimmeril, which was embedded in this tree that we see here. Yes. And then they were fighting over it, like you said. Yeah. And the Cimmerales come from the two trees, right? They're pretty the much light like... light of the trees. Light of the there trees. There was three of them? Two. Or two? Two of them. Okay. One got lost. Morgoth had one. That he, I think there was three. Morgoth had one that he captured or he had in his lair for a long time. And then another one got lost in the sea or someone threw it in the sea. Maybe there... I don't know. I, I can't remember, right? Maybe there was just two. But... Um, and so... Anyway, this tree has one hidden in it. Yeah. And so Balrog <laughs> tries to destroy it. He pours his righteousness in to save it. And who knows what happened to those two. But yeah. the resulting blowout, you know, blowback from it was Mithril growing down into the mountain. And it contains light, the light of the Simrails. Mm-hmm. And that will help sustain the... The elves and and we kind of get confirmation from that, right? They set the leaf down. It's by the you know it's by the thing. We see that I know that's in episode that's seven right. or six, right? But you know, like we can seven. see that it drives away whatever rod is happening, mm-hmm. and and so it works. Um, really cool, I think. Bend on the story, you know, uh, but we find out that it it has some huge significance <laughs> in, in the Tolkien verse. Yeah. So um, they go back. So they convince Durin that they, hey, we need this or we're going to die. And Elrond calls on his friendship with Durin and he's like, okay, let's go back. So they go back, talk to the king. King is not having it. He denies him several times. No, we're not doing this. We're not doing this. Um, it's, the time of the elves is over. Sorry, but you know, it's, that's just the way of things. And so denies him. But then Durin talks to Elrond again 
He's like, hey, I got to do it for my friend. You know, I'd want them to do it for me. And so they go down and start mining. They start the, the open up that part of the mine again. And they're down there and they crack through the final wall there. And they look in there and they see all these veins of mithril that we get to see as well. And then just then, during the third, shows up the, the dad, King. And he's furious. Kicks Elrond out. And um, basically, you know, admonishes his son. Pulls off the the chain or the, the symbol of his prince being a prince. And says, you're not going to need that anymore. You're done. And then that's it. And so he's mad. Or he's upset with his dad. And then uh, this is when we see the, the leaf that was rotting that got left behind. They set it down next to the mithril. It heals the leaf. And then they're like, oh, we got to do this. Mm-hmm. So um, what do you think of the conversation between Durin and his wife there at the end of uh, episode seven? Yeah, this was a crazy yeah, thing. The, the, this has exploded. You can yeah. find this about this anywhere because she was like, you know, Basically, like saying, you know, we've earned it, we deserve it, we deserve more power, kind of thing. Yeah. And it's like, this is all ours. Yeah. It's like, kind of blew me away, right? Because mm-hmm. that was like a super greedy thing to say, which we know that the dwarves are greedy, mm-hmm. but I always had thought that they were greedy because of the rings. The rings had them hoard things. So to hear her say this was a little bit shocking that, well, maybe they were always like this type of greed and it just made it 10 times worse yeah, which is why we don't really see a whole lot of the dwarves i mean we know that they were doing some things and they were at battles we just don't see them in the show in the main storyline right yeah. but yeah that that was crazy to me kind of took me took me back um but it, it's kind of a segue into Durin's bane, yeah. right? Right, where it's like the dwarves delved too greedily. You know what? You know they dug too deep. We know what they found, and and you've got this lady telling we got to do it. We you know we got to keep digging. We got to keep going. He's like, you're right. Let's do this. <laughs> do it. Let's do it. You know, and you know, there there you go. So kind yeah. of like a a segue into that why why they kept digging so greedily and mm-hmm. yada yada yada. But what happens there? Because the king doesn't want to do it. He seals up at the end of the episode. He has it orders that it's sealed up again, and he throws the leaf, and it falls down. So how do they? Um, what happens? Like how do they get there? <laughs> this is crazy for me. This is one of the biggest deviations from the canon. What we I think we've truly seen that is writable canon. Durin's bane does not wake up until the third age. Which is that Balrog we see at the end. Yeah. And it's not even like early third days. It's not even <laughs> like, you know, here's third age, year five. Balrog woke up. It's hundreds and hundreds of years in the third age. And we just saw a Balrog wake up mm-hmm. like 1,800 years too early. Yeah. And I didn't. And I was like, well, the leaf fell, it touches the ground, and he wakes up. It's like, it's not a very deep sleeper. <laughs> well, and it could be because maybe it, it has the effect of a Cimmerels on it. And so he uh, senses that. Yeah. Right. But then he just goes back to sleep. It just wanted to show that he was there. Mm-hmm. And at some point, you know, just kind of make that connection. Like, I, I don't know, but it's weird that he woke up mm-hmm. because now what? Yeah. He's not going to just hang out down there yeah, for a so, hundred a thousand years or whatever it is. Yeah. We know he kills. We know Durin's Bane kills during the fourth. Why he's king. 
So we haven't, I don't think it ever says how Durden III died, but he shouldn't be involved. Mm -hmm. So kind of interesting to see what they do here, but this is definitely a change from well-documented mm -hmm. uh, canon. So Unless he goes back to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> which would be kind of silly well, yeah exactly right i mean you could have you could have done that by the leaf drops and then you just kind of show like the wing of a ball yeah, rod sleeping, sleeping. Yeah. and then move on with life right yeah. but he he's awake right it, it specifically showed him like waking up and it's like oh well that's <laughs> terrible yeah and how are they going to mine it if the balrog's awake yeah already because yeah. their mining is what wakens them up because they delve too deep mm -hmm. right so I don't know. Maybe he the Balrog leaves, goes uh, deeper. Yeah, I don't know. I they, don't they, know. They, hey, we sent out a crew and they just disappeared. That's oh, all right. Keep digging. Yeah, keep going. You know who knows, right? But yeah, yeah it, it was cool to see the ball another Balrog, yes. right? I I think the Balrogs are stinking awesome. Yeah, yeah. Look, uh, hopefully they have a part to play later in the show. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm thinking with Durin the Fourth and his wife being all. This is ours. We deserve it. Um, do they overthrow the king? Do they depose him or assassinate him or exile him? You know, they're they're upset, right? They don't think this is the right course, and so they're going to do something about it. Maybe they do political maneuvers and get rid of him that way instead of an outright assassination. But I think that'll be an intriguing storyline that we'll see later. Which could be, right? Dwarves are miners and stuff, and here you've got a king saying, don't mine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's kind of their purpose. Yeah, so interesting. Yeah. All right. Um, Elrond, he has to leave. And do we see anything else with him after? I can't remember. I think that's... I, I saw a preview that, for the next episode. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think he just is like we see him put outside, and yeah. and that's that. You know, yeah. he goes about his merry way, I guess. Yeah. But in the preview for the next episode, he goes back to um, Eri. No, what's it called? The Elfland, Eregion, Eregion, or something. Yeah, Eregion, Eregion. He goes back to their main city, and there's some conversations with. He goes home. Yeah, he goes home. That's why I'm gonna look it up now. Yeah. So um, then, so the main storyline of these three episodes is the men of the Southlands. A lot of stuff happens with that. A lot of cool stuff. Uh, stuff I wasn't expecting to see, and was, but was happy that we did see it. Uh, but they, the last episode, we left them in that uh, fort in the tower. They were hiding out, and the, the orcs and Adar and the humans who um, split and went to the other side, they we're getting ready to attack. So they're basically there waiting. And they come, the bad guys come, the orcs come, and they come into the keep. And it's a trap, which I thought was a pretty cool move. Um, the main elf there, um, shoot, there's so many names, I can't remember now. Uh, the main elf there, he, um, he sets the trap, and he's able to collapse everything around them, and he's, he escapes. And locks the door so they can't get out. And then everything collapses on them and destroys most of them. But uh, they head back. To, the main group heads back to um, the the city or the little town that they were in before. And they start to regroup and get ready for a counterattack that they expect is coming. And they get everything all ready. They set traps and fortify their houses and their town. And they have a plan. And then the the... 
the orcs come and they execute the plan and they start they kill all of them all of them that attack but then they realize that the ones they killed were actually the most of them were humans that had gone over to the other side and so they felt really bad about that yeah i mean basically you're killing your neighbors right mm-hmm. your friends yeah your, they recognized them there are people you knew and that you could tell that hit them hard right yeah. i mean they were ready to do war with the orcs and they were ready to do whatever it took to win they were not ready to do whatever it took to win if it meant killing their friends. And I think it was kind of a shocker for them, like, oh, like that's yeah. its own type of evil. Yeah. Right? And, um, and, and yeah, that was crazy. That was kind of a kind of a crazy thing to see, too. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, because I thought they were 100%. I'm like, oh, yeah, man, what a great ambush. Kill all these orcs, yeah. you know? Like, where's Adar? Kill him, too. And then I was like, oh. Oh, that's all sorts of terrible. Yeah. <laughs> so they're defeated mentally and emotionally, but um, and then the rest of the army shows up. That was just kind of the first wave. They knew that they would have that. They guessed that they would have that reaction upon killing their friends, and then the the main force shows up, and they're just like, "Oh no, we're done." And so <clears throat> the orcs and Adar attack. They eventually have to hide into one building. And there's like 20 of them left, you know, 30 maybe. And they are overrun. Adar shows up and asks for the blade, the blade of Sauron. Um, because when they had entered the keep before it collapsed around them, Adar sees the the mural or the stone um, carving on the side of the wall. And he recognizes it and knows what that's for. <clears throat> so he knows he needs the blade of Sauron to do his business. Mm-hmm. His dirty deed. So, um, they he asks where it is, and they said, "Oh, we're not going to tell you." And he just starts killing like the people that are in that room. And that was that was pretty brutal. I I wasn't expecting that in a show. Like to see <laughs> he just walks, the, right, just stabs yeah, that lady and yeah. no like no emotion, nothing. And it was just like, yeah, that was a little brutal. Mm-hmm. More a little bit more brutal than I was prepared to see. Yeah. Not that I didn't like it. Not that it wasn't good cinema, right? Like that right. was an, an amazing scene to, to bring out like his motivations and what he's willing to do to get him. Yeah. But it was surprising. Yeah. <laughs> so eventually the the son, Theo, he cracks and says, It's in here. He goes there and pulls it up under he was hidden in the floor. He pulls it out, gives it to him. And then um, he's like, okay, kill the rest of them. And he walks out. But then the Numenorians, they show up. Finally arrive. They have horses. They, they've landed and made their way to... How did they know to go there? Did... I think they just went like... They just went there. They knew they had to go to the Southland somewhere. Okay. Um, who knows, right? Maybe there's some trackers like, oh, there's something going on here. Whatever yeah. it is. Or maybe they were just heading towards like Galadriel knew that, hey, there's an outpost here. Uh, yeah. Let's go there. Because yeah. she doesn't know they've been recalled, mm-hmm. right? There could be a million. They just knew magic, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. <laughs> Tom Bombadil told them. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so they show up last minute and overrun the orcs, kill them all. Um, Adar escapes and Galadriel tracks him down with uh, Halbron. And I thought it was a pretty cool. The whole battle sequences were really cool. And then this part I thought was pretty cheesy where Galadriel's chasing Adar and then um what's his name? Halbrun. Halbrun comes the other way and sticks the branch out and trips the horse and Adar falls down. 
I was like, really? You didn't see him running towards you on a horse and you just kept going and <laughs> you just didn't see him <laughs> and you trip. I don't know. It seemed kind of cheesy. Yeah. Of all the coolness, it's like, oh, really? That's how you get him? <clears throat> but, um, well, an elf too, or an orc. Yeah. Whatever it is, he's mostly elf, right? I mean, he's got nimbleness to him. You're yeah. not just going to eat crap, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, <laughs> going to land on your feet, ready to go. Yeah. So they capture him. Hallbrun's going to kill him. And then Galadriel stops him. And then she's going to kill him. And then Hallbrun stops her. So they, they capture him, take him back. Um, this part was interesting when Galadriel is talking to, to Adar. Um, they're going back and forth. You know, you're a dark elf. You were captured by the servants of Morgoth in the first age and twisted and turned into an orc. We kind of get a little backstory there of how the, the orcs started. And we get the sense that Adar, he, he talks about how the orcs that are there are his children. That he is their leader and they... I get the sense they're they're not really following Sauron's lead. That he has his own agenda. Whether that's, we don't know, and that's what Sauron wants anyway, and he's just following it. But they don't really talk about how they're working for Sauron, if I remember correctly. And so, and I think he says Sauron's dead. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I can't remember if he admits to killing him. But yeah, he said, yeah, he's dead. Yeah. Like, I... I saw him die kind of thing, you know. Yeah. Um, I took that as a misdirect, but uh, now I don't know. You know, I am... <clears throat> this leads me to 100%. It, this whole thing mm-hmm. convinces me that Hallbrand is Sauron. What, like, it is, for me, it is 100% certainty now. Mm-hmm. And it, because of a couple things. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about those things. One, he stopped Gladriel from killing him. So he wanted to know who he was going. He wanted to kill him out of vengeance. Gladriel stopped him. Then he's like, okay. Who was threatening to kill him first? Was it Gladriel? Hallbrand. Hallbrand was going to kill him first. Yes. Okay. She stops him. Then he's like, okay, we can get something out of him. Mm-hmm. I'll stop her. Right? And he asks him, do you remember me? Right. Okay. Adar has no idea who he is. He's like, <laughs> you know what I mean? But then he's like, who are you? Yeah, later on. Like he like he recognizes After talking to him for a bit. Yeah. Adar recognizes something about him. Mm-hmm. You know, one why would Adar ever remember him? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. didn't he say like I kill kill someone you love or something yeah. like that, you know? Yeah. But then as they talk more, he like looks at him like like almost like he knows he like he's had conversations with this person before. Right. He who, sensed something. And he's like, Who are you? And like there was a moment in there when they're just looking at each other, and I, I almost feel like there's a moment of recognition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought he was gonna say, "Hey, it's me, Sauron." Yeah, because we're I think we we're gonna find out before the end of this this season. There's only at this point there was only this episode and one more episode. Mm-hmm. But it looks like they're saving that for the last episode. Yeah, I so after that, I'm 100 yeah. percent convinced. That yeah, when he said that, I was like, "Yep, that's Sauron." Yeah, because there would be no other reason for him to recognize him or have that. Because it wasn't like, "Hey, I kind of remember you. You're that one guy." It was like, "There's something different about you. Who are you? Mm-hmm. Like, you're not just a human, a man. You're yeah. something else." Yep. And I mean, and we know there's just so many. There's too many parallels, right? He knows how to smith. We know that he knew how to. We knew that know that Sauron knew how to smith. Mm-hmm. That was like one of the first things he learned. Yep. Um, he 
he can wield a spear in a way that even Galadriel can say, you didn't learn that from being a smith. Like, like yeah. I recognize skill when I see it, and that was skill. Yeah. She's been around for thousands of years. Yeah. You know, so for her have, to have her recognize that. I mean, she fought 20 Numenorians at once and, and suffered one little scratch. Mm-hmm. Or, you know what I mean? Like, so she knows what, what she's talking about. When he beat up those Numenorians in the earlier episodes and, like, broke bones, just trashed them. Yeah. Superhuman strength. Yeah. No problem. Right. Mm-hmm. Didn't, didn't even phase him. So there you go. That it, it, he is. The weird thing to me is through all this, why is Adar pushing forward the agenda that Sauron had? He killed him for a reason. Maybe he kind of woke up like, oh, I have been tortured and that's why I was doing all this crazy stuff. I'm going to kill this guy. Yeah. But he's woke up to a point that he understands what's going on. Why is he furthering, you know, his thing? Is he just trying to make a cloudy country so he can, his children can continue to multiply? Which is really weird because, like, he doesn't feel like he can go back to the elves because he's, he obviously can communicate with Gladril mm-hmm. and go in the sun and, and yada, yada, yada. So what is the, uh, what's his motivations? I, that's the weird part to me mm-hmm. is, through all this is like, I hope we find that out. Or it was simply used just to push the story along, which I think is kind of a failed storyline. Mm-hmm. Like you took the easy way out there. Yeah. Well, I think there is some something to the fact that you know, he's going to cloud the sky so the orcs, his children, can be there and be okay. I think that's part of it. Whether or not he's attached to the agenda of Sauron or he's he feels like he's killed Sauron so now he can take over. He thinks Sauron's dead, so he can either he killed him directly or he's like, well, there's this vacuum, and now I'm going to step up and be the guy. And so, he, But I need to create the space. So I think that's the reason why he's doing that, whether he's working with Sauron or not. That's what he's trying to do there. Uh, but I think Sauron, I don't know why Sauron's taking a back seat to that, though. Mm-hmm. I don't see why he'd need to. Maybe he his plan is to infiltrate the Numenorians, and so he can now that, that he's knee-deep in that, he can't deviate and let people know that he's playing both sides yeah uh so after they they capture adar um we think they have the the sword but he did the old switcheroo and gave it to one of his servants one of the the men that we've kind of gotten around yeah yeah and he takes off it's a it's his adar escaping is a diversion from him leaving and he goes to the back to the fort, extends the sword by using his blood and sticks it in the, the keyhole, the key slot, turns it. And I was surprised that this is what happened is the floodgates opened and all those holes and trenches they've been digging is for the water to go to one place. And I thought the, the water was going to come and wipe out all the humans in their cities and their villages and all that stuff. I thought that's what it was for. But it goes a different direction and goes to this mountain that's off in the distance, and we find out that it's an active, not an active, but a volcano, a dormant volcano. The water goes in, causes all this steam and pressure, and then, boom, it explodes. And just before it explodes, all the orcs are like, doom, doom, and boom, Mount Doom is born. What do you think of that? This was singly the most epic thing we have seen in this episode, right? That thing blows like, you know... The orcs go crazy, start killing Normanorians, right? Like they knew what's coming. Yeah. 
uh, I don't know how. I guess the key, you know, sent a signal that only they could hear, like <laughs> yeah. the bat signal or something. I don't know. But they knew, right? And, and you see this water. And, and I was still, I was like, what the heck is going on? What's happening? What's happening? And then I saw it drop into the Mount Doom. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. This is Mount Doom. Like, this is it, you know? And it blows up, you know? And everyone's, like, looking like, oh, my gosh. And Galadriel just starts walking to it, like, yeah. hero status. Like, she knows at that moment, we have lost. We failed. It is back. Yeah. Sauron is back. I don't know who Sauron is. I don't know where he's at. Everything we fought for is gone at this moment. And she knows it. You can see it in her face. And she's just walking towards this fire and this just coming at her. And I'm just like, and then the, the episode ended, right? This yeah. episode. And I was just like, no way did this just happen. Like that yeah. was amazing. Amazing. Um just drew me in like for me that was like that that sets the series yeah. i don't care what happens what happened before you can say anything you want about like how bad storylines whatever <laughs> this made made everything okay that was a payoff for sure oh yeah and so i i loved it right and then we go into episode seven we kind of see what happens there but uh man that that was a great way to create mount doom mm-hmm. and to create mordor yeah yep um, we learned out, we learned in the next episode, episode seven, that it's Mordor. Eight our names there, right? Right? Or no? I don't remember if he names it, but it's almost like, remember, it called it Southlands and then it drew, dropped down and called, called it Mordor. So I don't know if someone renames it at some point. Yeah. I don't remember who first said it though. Yeah. So eight are the, or the orcs maybe. I don't know. I thought I heard that name, Mordor. Uh, not so many, they have the title change, but, um. He es- Adar escapes. I don't. They don't really show it. They show him kind of lay down, and then they go back to it, and he's gone. And he. he well, doesn't leaves. he? Uh, yeah, like Isildur disappears, and he was involved or something like that. Oh no, he goes and yeah. save, tries to save the queen or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Or his friend, his friend. Well, he saves his friend, and then they go to save these kids that are trapped in one of the buildings. Everyone gets out but him. And the building falls on them. That's right. And everything's burning up after. So when the volcano blows up, there's all this ash everywhere, fire from the the volcano that's spewed lava explosions everywhere, lava rocks and stuff. And that's how the the grove with the Harfoots, their storyline, that's how that those trees got ruined from the volcano exploding. Um, but as far as the village there that with all the Numenorians and the, the Southlanders, a lot of them died. Um, the rest of them escape. They had somewhere else to head back to the ships. Mm-hmm. Um, I was surprised there wasn't a lot of Numenorians and there wasn't a lot of Southlanders in this, I don't know, maybe a hundred. Yeah. At I, that. I mean, you assume everyone died, right? I mean, the, well, even so- before they died. Oh. There, there wasn't that many. Yeah. So is that is that representative of all the Southlanders? Is just the, that group of people? I I don't know. I think they were saying a lot were captured. Remember, they were going through and capturing them and having them dig for them. Right. But we you never got to see a huge group of them, right? There's got to be more people, yeah. but maybe not, right? Because I know pretty much offshoot of whatever was left after the with battle with Morgoth. So maybe there's really just not that many people in right. the area right now. Yeah. But. Um, yeah, plus another one of the villages, all the people died or got captured, like you said. So. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I was I was thinking there would be a lot more 
Southlanders involved, not just this small group. Maybe they'll meet up with them next episode or something. I don't know. Yeah. But they are able to go back to a, a camp and the the wounded get cared for and Theo and Galadriel end up getting separated. And we learn, this is where we learn more about Galadriel and her history. Um, they're hiding from the orcs who are searching for them and Galadriel talks about how she is married to Celeborn and how they met briefly and she has a daughter. Is that what she said? Yes. Yeah. Which is canon. Which is canon. Interesting. Um, she obviously, so his, we know her daughter marries Elrond. We have no connection right now that Elrond is married. Yeah. Right? I take it the whole time he's single. Maybe mm-hmm. he is married. Maybe that's just how elves are alive so stinking long. It's like, yeah, I'll be back uh, in uh, 85 years. I'm just going to go for a little walk. I, I yeah. don't know, right? Yeah. Um, but uh, so we don't know if they're married yet. Um, could explain some of their closeness. It would be weird to go back to your wife and say, oh, I tried to double cross your mom and send her back to the West, yeah. you know, to the West, <laughs> but didn't work. She's back now. Um, yeah. Want to make three kids? Yeah. Man, no Arwen around yet, you know? Yeah. So that's all <laughs> weird. Um, but uh, um, this kind of dug into the canon too. Mm-hmm. This is another big thing of discussion out there. Mm-hmm. Kelborn. Yeah. Where is he? She has not seen him since... The war. The war. Against Morgoth. Against, yeah, against Morgoth. So where her brother died. That mm-hmm. is a long time. Is he held captive? Is that what's going on? Are they going to find him next episode, held captive? He's not. He's got to be alive. Yeah. One, we see him in Lord of the Rings. Two, we know <laughs> he's alive because it talks about him in the books. Yeah. So where is he? Yeah. Um, I think he he's captive. I think that's part of what we'll see. Maybe she draws close to, to Halbron because they were kind of having a moment there in the previous episode. And... Like you said, they live a long time. Maybe they have arrangements. Yeah. <laughs> something. <laughs> Open marriages. Going, yeah, something's going on. So, but but it I would, think he shows up later. It would be cool to see him held captive somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but kind of a weird, weird thing there when they, when she said that I haven't seen him since. That, like, initial, that drew me up. Yeah. Like I sat up. I was like, I got to rewind that. Did yeah, I hear that exactly. right? Yeah, I did the same. Because it implied that he was dead, mm-hmm. but then you go back again and turn on the subtitles. He just he's just gone. Yeah, he's just gone. Didn't actually say. I just I haven't seen him yeah. since then. Yeah, it's very vague, very yeah. open. But yeah, they can't they can't kill him because he's he's there later in the story in Lord of the Rings the movies, which they pay homage to quite often in this series. Oh yeah, so but uh, I'm glad they brought him up. Glad they brought up he has a a daughter. Yeah, yeah. What's we don't know her. well. The name is established. I just don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember the name either. But uh, cool stuff. Uh, cool moment there. And they they end up making it back to the camp with the rest of the humans. And they the Numenorans are going to go. They're going to head back to Numenor. And the humans, the rest of the Southlanders are just going to go somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> is it really you say? Yeah. Kind of sad part here, right? Um, yeah. With the queen. She's walking, right? Yeah. She's walking to Lindale and stuff. She finally meets up with them and they're walking and she's like, you know, are we, uh, are we still in the smoke or something like that? And then a Lindale knows yeah. and, and comes out, she is blind. Mm-hmm. She is blinded. And I wonder when that happened. Cause when they rescued, when they were 
rescuing the kids. Yeah, she was fine. Uh-huh. So mu- something must have some blowback uh, yeah. that maybe it was in the background and I didn't see. Yeah. Maybe I need to watch that scene again. Yeah. Um, but yeah, at some point she went blind and she just kind of, she was just riding the horse, you know, mm-hmm. so no one was saying anything, you know, like you wouldn't notice. She didn't say a thing. And then next thing you know, she just says that. And I'm like, oh, she's blind, you know, and it kind of showed her just kind of looking off in the distance. Yeah. And, um, and that was, I don't know why, but that was a sad moment. And they made it, they did a good job making that a sad moment. Yeah. And I think that was good because before when she came with, you know, it was almost like a, as a sense of duty to the elves. Right. And now she's like, we are going to go back and we are going to get a bigger army and we will be back. And now it's not just a duty. It is personal. Mm-hmm. And they did a, such a good job making me feel sad and bad for her and then feel like, oh, yeah. yes. Let's do this. Yeah. like, And that was a great, that, that's some great writing there. That's mm-hmm. great acting, great directing. Um, you know, you always want to talk about those great moments in, you know, a movie that made the movie. This made that episode. That made me connected to mm-hmm. the Numenorians and her and her motivations for let's get out here and, and do this. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. The whole sequence, they're just defeated, right? They got their butts kicked. Mm-hmm. And everyone's mad. Alindo lost his son, he thinks. Mm-hmm. We find out later. Uh, I didn't. Obviously, he's not dead. Because <laughs> he's again <laughs> the story later. His second son is sealed door. Yeah, cuts off in the hand. Yeah. Not, not is sealed door the first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, the horse there at the end. His horse wants to. He doesn't want to leave. He wants to stay. So they let him free, and he runs off. You're like, oh yeah, he's going back to the sealed door. So we'll see him probably next episode. Um, then. Hellbrand is like he's wounded and but he's alive and they're gonna go back him and Galadriel they decide to go back and do something I forgot because they write off in the end they're gonna go somewhere I think they're just going to get the elves right is that what it is I thought so okay Dang it. That's what I thought. Now I, gotta, now I gotta watch this episode again. Yeah. We are doing a podcast about yeah, no. it. I can't remember They're what not happened. Very credible right now, <laughs> but they write off. This They're is going the somewhere. That's pretty cool. Uncredible nerds moment. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I, don't, I, I just it spaced me where they were going, but because uh, the episode ends right there anyway, so we don't see it. Um, but uh, Theo's there. He's supporting. He gets to keep the sword, and. Um, He's uh, championing, championing Galadriel and Halbrand. And the mom's still alive. His mom's still alive, which I didn't think she was going to die. She's too big of a role in the series. But they tried to play it up that she might not be alive there at the end. Um, so we're left with that as the wrap-up. And um, so going forward into episode eight, the final episode of the season... They they did announce I think it was at New York Comic Con that um, this week that they are having they're starting season two yeah they're starting to film yeah which is great yeah I love it so there will be a second one uh, they're slated for five seasons is that right that's what I remember hearing I think okay so that'll be cool yeah with as much money as they spend they need to have multiple seasons <laughs> right to make their money back even if it kind of peters out a little bit they need to make some money off it. Um, 
So predictions for episode eight. Any predictions? Aaron Dor dies. Aaron Deer dies. Aaron He's Deer. the elf. Oh, the the black elf. Yep. Okay. Um, I didn't want to be the one to say it, but yep, that, that's <laughs> what I'm talking about. <laughs> Aaron Deer. I'm just a kid. Aaron Deer dies. Um, I I think for sure he dies. I think the mom dies. I think something happens. Oh, really? You know. Bold um, predictions. Yep. I want to say that his mom dies. That this big prediction here, we will probably never know, and maybe it comes out in a later, later season. But I think <clears throat> his mom, or his, you know, Aaron Deer dies, and then his mom's like doing something, and then his mom dies because there's some neglect from the good people, and he becomes one of the kings that becomes with the wraith. Theo? Yeah. I think he becomes one of the kings at some point who gets a ring. Okay. Um, yeah, because they have like built his character up, and they're he's not just this guy, this kid. He's he's kind of a main character. Yeah, and you can kind of see where he gets like he's leaned that way with that old guy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if it wasn't for his mom, he would have gone with him, right? Hands down. And so I think, you know, his mom's going to die in a, in a way where there's some neglect or like, quick, I need your help. My mom's dying. We can't right now. And then she dies and he blames them, joins the Easterlings and then becomes a king at some point. Um, that's my prediction, right? Um, I think those those guys are dying. I think we'll see Kellenborn uh, okay. um, captured. Like a, kind of a end of the episode, you see this prison type thing and you're like, why are we here? And then it goes through the caverns and then you see this elf and someone says, says his name, that type of thing. Where yeah. Like or like seconds. Galadriel's there. Like they go and hunt Adar down oh. and they're going to end Adar. I don't think Al Brown kills Adar. I think Galadriel kills Adar. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think we'll see a Sauron exposure. Oh. I think we'll get confirmation. Like there is, here is like the stamp of this is Sauron. That Halbron is Sauron. Uh-huh. Okay. But I don't think there'll be a Sauron reveal oh, yeah. to the world, right? Like, it won't be common knowledge yeah. outside of me being a viewer, right? <laughs> right. Um, it won't be in the world uh, common knowledge, but we will get confirmation of that. Um, I can agree with that. And I think it'll be like a semi-confirmation where it could be wrong, but anyone who's watching the show knows that's who it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we will get confirmation who the stranger is. He will be involved. Um, and my last one is Durin the third will either, either die or be ousted. Ousted. Yeah. That Durin will rise to Durin the fourth will rise to power yep. at the end. Okay. That Those are my major predictions. Um, any mini predictions? I, I, I don't know. Um, I, I don't know if I really have it, have any. Mm-hmm. I can agree with that. I think those are good ones. I think. If we don't see him next episode, we'll see him next season. Yeah. So, and I think they got to end with some good cliffhangers to get people excited for the next season. So I think we'll see stuff like that. If not specifically those things, things at that level, you know, that's some of those mysteries revealed that people are talking about, you know, who is the stranger, who is Sauron, where's Sauron, Mm -hmm. that level I think we'll see for sure. I agree. That'd be cool. Because then we'll be talking about it for a year. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. So one thing, off kind of off topic, but um, you've been watching the Game of Thrones prequel. 
I haven't. You have not. No, I don't. You know, I don't have HBO. Oh. I, I want to get HBO, but then I got to pay for Amazon Prime, <laughs> right. and then I got Netflix, and then I got Disney. like yeah. I have Peacock. Thank goodness, mostly because I you know I I get it with my internet, right? Yeah. But um. Okay. But you know, like it's just like man, I gotta pick and choose a little here. Right. I got Disney, right? So, um, I don't have it. I have the book, so I've I've read through. I don't know how much it's following the book, you know, and stuff like that. I. I don't know how good it is. All I see is the satire stuff, right? <laughs> yeah. So I, I want to, yeah, I want to watch it though. Yeah, I wanted to know because, you know, this whole time it's been which is better, House of the Dragon is that what it is? Yeah, House of the Dragon, House of the Dragon or Rings of Power, which one's better? And it's back and forth. And from what I, I haven't, well, I haven't watched it either. But from what I can tell, they're both really good. So I don't, I don't think there needs to be a comparison, but naturally there will be. Um, so from what I saw. When I looked at the numbers, is there was more viewers for watching Amazon the Amazon Prime that were watching Rings of Power than were watching HBO, but there are more subscribers to Amazon Prime than there are to HBO. So you're gonna have a lot wider audience watching one. So it's hard to go off that. Everything I read about both of them is they're doing successful. Yeah. Anytime I read the satire stuff, it says they're both doing crap. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> so I imagine it's doing good. I need to find someone that is watching it and, and ask him, but yeah. I, I do want to watch it. Well, to give a shout out to our fourth, fourth Taviran co-host, Kyle. He's been watching it, but he hasn't been watching Rings of Power yet. Oh. <laughs> so, so I asked him today, actually, um, hey, how is, how's Rings of Power? Or... How's House of Dragon? Have you started watching Rings of Power yet? And he's like, no, I need to get going on it. But he says House of Dragon is really good. He's loving it. There is, a, I don't know where the, I don't know where their kickoff point is, but they do have a storyline for it. If I can't remember the name of, I've got the stupid book at home, but it talks about pretty much all the history of, of how the you know Targaryens start, mm-hmm. and it basically starts with the brother uh, and his two sisters, if I remember right. Or maybe it was just his sister. And um, they get dragons, they conquer the known world, blah, 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 blah. Um, there is a lot of cool history in there. Like yeah. it talks about them and then their kids, their kids, their kids, and keeps going all the way down. Uh, so there is there is definitely established history for them to follow. Um, but then again, so is this, and there is a lot of leeway for cool stuff in there. Yeah. So I don't know where they're going. I don't know where they started, but I know the direction, you know, where they would go. And there is potential for greatness in that. Mm. I mean, you don't have to wait for George R. R. Martin to finish a book and make things up as you go because there is a well-established history there. Yeah. 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 Is it book six he's working on? I don't know. I don't know. I can't can't even bring myself to reread any of them because I'm so annoyed about it. I know. Well, last I heard he was working on it. Yeah, but I, that was the same story ten years ago, fifteen years ago. Yeah, and I, I wonder how much he's involved in in this one. Uh, I don't know. I'm sure there's some involvement because he because he wrote the one book, right? Yeah, that it's based off of. Yeah, and that's just like a it's, resource book, right? Yeah, it's basically the white book uh-huh. made for um, Will of Time or made for Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. and. Um, it talks about the different houses and stuff like that, but then it there's quite a bit dedicated to the House of the Dragon, mm. and it talks all about their history. Okay, yeah, I think I'm gonna watch that at some point. When it's I'm waiting for that one, I'm waiting for it to be done so I can binge it. 
mm-hmm. you know, month or whatever. And so I'll, I'll probably watch it by the end of the year. Okay. So they just had episode six come out, if I remember right. So yeah. they're, I think they're an episode behind mm-hmm. from where we are. And I think they're the same eight, eight episode series or something. Okay. Yeah. So we'll talk about that in the future and then we can compare. Not that we need to, but it's it's always a fun discussion, right? Which one's better? Especially if you get these two powerhouse yeah. genres, right? I yeah. mean, huge. Yeah. And then there's The Wheel of Time. Which doesn't compare. <laughs> doesn't compare. I wish it could compare. I wish I could be like, these three are amazing. But as of right now, I just, I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. It's not happening. But maybe season two will, will redeem The Wheel of Time. I mean, is, is Rafe Judkins the director? Yes. Yeah. I it, hopefully in season three, yeah. <laughs> it will have a comeback. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Anyway, thanks everyone for joining us here on the Credible Nerds podcast with me and Mark. It's, it's been a good time talking about this Rings of Power series. We're, we're liking it. We, there are some hiccups, some things we're like, what? What's going on here? But I think overall, we like it. Uh, these three episodes, B plus for me. I like them. I think the main takeaway, the main, main criticism for me is just. Um, we talked at the first half of they're kind of a slow burn. Uh, there are some good things that happen. I think the battle sequence was in the one episode was good. Um, but And then the reveal of Mordor was awesome. But I think the overall is just kind of like, I want things to happen, and I don't want it all to happen in episode eight, right? Mm-hmm. I want, yeah, I have a slow episode here and there, but you know, let's, let's have some, some story building, you know, some, some cool stuff happen. So that's my main takeaway, or my, my main criticism is not engaging it every episode isn't engaging enough that i'm like that that was awesome so yeah i don't know about for you any any criticisms or um anything like that what's your grade on it i think so far my my overall grade has to be like a b solid b plus Mm -hmm. and i think what takes away is these wandering these wandering mages like that doesn't make sense to me and i'm i'm a guy that likes it for things to make sense you know i like the puzzle to always fit together um, so that weirds me out that even though it was awesome to see the Balrog, it bothers me how early it is. Yeah. Like yeah. that, that, that takes away from, from it's it for pretty me. clear, clearly defined. Mm-hmm. And I think I, I still have a hard time connecting with Elrond and Gilgalad. Right. Right. Like That's they just, point. their, their character, I don't mind the actors. I mind how their character's written. Because, I, and I get in 3,000 years, people can change. I get that. But they are so different from what we know that I'm having a hard time connecting. Um, so that's probably my biggest criticisms. I, I do want to give a shout out. I know I'm kind of jumping here. So I went to college with a guy. I, I don't know if he wants me to say his name. Anyway, I'll just say his first name. His name's Noah. Uh, he reached out to me and, you know, I guess he had listened to our podcast. He's like, I never knew you were such a great fan. I just want to throw a shout out to him. Thanks for listening. Yeah, I thanks, didn't, Noah. Yeah, I don't know how much how long you've listened or or what, but thanks for listening. Um, he he asked if I'd call him. We could sit down, you know, sit down and yeah. have lunch and something and talk about it. I'm definitely gonna call you. I, yeah. I haven't had time, but uh, I hope you keep listening. Yeah, so. yeah, we like it when our fans let us know that they like it, that they're listening, whether it's like that phone calls. Or if it's just commenting on our YouTube videos. So definitely subscribe to our YouTube channel and like the video, comment on what you like, what your fan theories are, right? So we got one more episode left and a whole another season coming up. So what are what are you thinking? What are you guys thinking? What's gonna happen next episode, next season? And are you liking the show? Are you like with us? Solid B plus? Do you think it's an A? Do you think it's a D? 
you know, what are your thoughts? Definitely let us know. We always appreciate that. And I mean, we'll probably talk about it on air like, like we did here with, with Noah. So thanks, Noah. We appreciate you listening and hopefully you'll keep listening, keep watching, but definitely, uh, support us by just subscribing to the channel. Not doesn't cost anything. doesn't cost, uh, time or anything. It's just simple click. So thanks. Thanks everyone for checking us out and we will, we'll catch you next time and we'll talk episode eight of the rings of power here soon. All right, guys, we'll see ya.